In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let everything that breathes praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alleluia, praise the Lord. Did you know that Allelu means praise and Yah is for Yahweh, which means God. So Alleluia means praise God. Isn't it great to have our Alleluia's back? The readings for the second Sunday of Easter contain the epitome of contrast. The gospel is about the fear and doubt of the apostles and disciples who have locked themselves in the dark room. Poor Thomas has received the bad reputation for not believing. But the others who were there the first week to see Jesus are still locked up in fear a week later. Seeing, maybe, but not believing, really. Saying Jesus is resurrected, but not acting like it. There is no joy, no praise, no alleluia in that room when Thomas joins them. The followers of Jesus are still paralyzed by fear. They are no different than Thomas or ourselves for that matter. It's so easy to become fearful, discouraged, blinded by our own troubles or our expectations of how things should be that we're not able to praise God and be thankful for his love and greatness. But the psalm for today, Psalm 150, the last psalm in uh, the book of Psalms, is all about praising God. It is the counterpoint to the gospel reading. It tells us where to praise God, why we praise God, how to praise God, and who is to praise God. And it's all there in just a few lines and it's enthusiastic in offering praise. It explains that we're to be enthusiastic in praising God in our worship. With enthusiasm, there's no mumbling, no whispering, no mouthing the words, but confident expressions of praise. Enthused means to be filled with God, to be filled with the Spirit and filled with the breath of God. Jesus gave that to the disciples the first time. They didn't, they didn't inhale, apparently, because a week later, they're still afraid. Just think, though, back in our history, how exuberant Moses' sister Miriam was as she led the people in worship on the side of the Red Sea with tambourines singing and dancing. They were celebrating God's great deeds of safely getting them across the Red Sea, defeating Pharaoh and his army, and their freedom from slavery. Or remember the enthusiasm of David as he sang and danced through the streets on the way to the temple. Ooh, that's a little risky for Episcopalians. We tend to be reserved, dignified, proper, always demonstrating excellent deportment. <laughs> it's in our Anglican roots. Chin up, self-control. Pip, pip, cheerio is about as excited as we get, right? <laughs> Especially in worship. Several years ago in a city, not Birmingham, in a city that had experienced some inner city blight, 
the downtown Episcopal Church had undergone a dramatic change in membership. Well, actually, the change was that most of the parishioners had moved to the suburbs, moved their letter, and leaving the parish to wilt on the vine. But the church had a wonderful organ and an endowment to pay an organist, and they had a few dedicated members that helped keep the doors open. The demographics of the neighborhood had changed dramatically, but the parish worship tradition and dwindling membership held tightly to their very Anglican, Caucasian, upper-middle-class, conservative, and formal manner. One Sunday, a well-dressed African-American woman visited the church. She appeared to be very happy to be there and made herself right at home in a pew toward the front on the pulpit side. The surface, service began and she fumbled a bit with the prayer book and the hymnal. Although it was clear she was a believer and a churchgoer, she did not seem to be familiar with this type of service. But she joined in as best she could, and when it came time for the homily, she settled in the pew with a look of hopeful anticipation. As the priest preached, she called out confidently at every opportunity, praise God. Well, it was immediately obvious that this was uncomfortable for the parishioners who darted disapproving glances and shook their heads in disgust. It was too much for the usher. After several praise gods, the usher quietly walked down the side aisle, stopped beside their guest, discreetly leaned down toward her ear and said, Ma'am, we don't praise God in the Episcopal Church. <laughs> As Christians, we say that God created all of life, that he gave us eternal life through the resurrection of Jesus, and that we're thankful for this. This is a pretty big deal. It's the greatest gift we could ever get. Life everlasting, life on this earth and life everlasting with our creator, it's a big deal. And our response in worship is stiff and formal. Thank you. <laughs> this seems very peculiar to me. We live in the South. And on any fall Saturday, we shout enthusiastically when our team completes a good play or wins the football game. And almost every person here this morning knows all the words and sings at the top of their lungs the fight song for at least one college team. <laughs> or we shout bravo, encore, at the close of a live theater or musical performance. Our enthusiasm is clear and unrestricted for these events. But we rarely show this enthusiasm for God's great deeds of salvation and his love for us. Most of the time, our singing and responses are somewhat meek, even here at Holy Apostles. This is such a loving, generous, and caring community of Christians, and I know we can sing out and speak out with more enthusiasm. When I accompanied Bishop Sloan on a parish visitation a few years ago, in his homily he asked, 
Do we really believe what we say we believe? That question made such a deep impression on me that years later I used that as an examination of conscience and I asked myself, do I really believe what I say I believe? This is some kind of beyond wonderful gift that our God has given us, this gift of life on earth and everlasting life with him. I wonder if we really believe it, why are we so contained and controlled in our praise and worship? When you watch children open birthday or Christmas gifts, how do they usually react? I know that I love a squeal and a scamper into my arms with a shout of, Mernie, this is just what I wanted, followed by hugs and kisses and thank yous. I would much prefer that over a distant, formal handshake and, thank you, grandmother, what a lovely gift. <laughs> I shall treasure it. Last Sunday, Easter, <clears throat> in this parish, when I said the dismissal, it brought great joy to my heart and tears to my eyes to hear such a vibrant and enthusiastic thanks be to God, alleluia, alleluia. Since I started serving here, this was the first really firm, immediate, loud and joyful re uh, response I've heard at the dismissal. Your faces were bright with joy and spirit and shone with the light of Christ. It was wonderful. So let's not lose that. So why don't we practice a little singing and responding so we'll be getting good at it, okay? So Derek, you want to help us out? We're going to sing for a minute and I want to hear you. I'm going to stop him if I don't hear you well enough. Glory to God in the with you yet. Okay, when we get to the Eucharistic prayer, Father Blake is going to say, The Lord be with you. And on my side with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Okay, this is what we want. This is what we want. I hope that you will continue to let down your guard and genuinely joyfully, enthusiastically sing to and praise God in every service you join. Even if you don't know the tune or the words, 
Jump into the loving arms of God and let him know how grateful you are for this most precious gift of eternal life. It is our gratitude and joy as a community that we're offering. We're not performing for the person that's sitting next to us. So we want to be sure that we're sharing this together to God. Be bold in your faith. Believe what you say you believe and show it. Give God at least what you would give your favorite sports team or performance artist. Why would you not? Amen. Amen.